Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Locals to Legends Wrestling Radio, brought to you by Rockstar Records, 810 East Main Street, Tupelo, Mississippi, 662-269-3745. Welcome to Locals to Legends Podcast, with your host, the voice of $10 Wrestling, noted author that has never been published, and the heaviest CWA light heavyweight champion in history, the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson and his co-host, the star of Taylor TV, the man who has wrestled Jerry Lawler 1,239 times and never won, Neil, the real deal Taylor. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Locals to Legends Wrestling Radio. I'm your host, the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, my tag team partner, my good friend, Neil, the real deal, Taylor. Neil, how are you doing this fine evening? Man, I'm doing okay, Gene. How are how are you doing? I'm doing good. I uh, actually had a Saturday off for the first time, and I don't even remember when. Uh, got to got to go to a great show last night, and uh, I'll I'll get into that a little more when we bring our guest on here momentarily, but. Yeah, I had a I had a really good weekend. We uh, had a good week at work. Uh, we won an award and had a lot of good things said about us from like the man who's like number three in the the whole corporation. He came to a meeting and spoke very highly of of what all I've accomplished at that lot in the last six months. So I was riding pretty high going into the weekend, and then I was off. So yeah, it's it's pretty happy around the Jackson house right now. So. Man, that's awesome. You know, I and and we had actually talked off the air that I was uh, going to come over and visit yesterday, but I um, keep being plagued by a bunch of vehicle problems. So uh, it is what it is, I guess. Just uh, yeah, whatever you do, we'll never have to buy get you over here soon. Never, whatever you do, yeah, whatever whatever you do, never buy a BMW. I've I've probably spent three grand on this thing in the last two months, and it's ugh, anyway. Not wow. a good subject right now. <laughs> that is definitely no good. Well, we'll we'll hit a few more topics um, as as we go on through. But right now, I want to go ahead and get our guest on because I know he's got a big day ahead of him tomorrow. He's got to be up bright and early. So right now, I want to welcome to the podcast my friend Cabana Man Dan. How you doing, Dan? Uh doing wonderful. I feel like I got hit by a bus last night, but. Um... I ate a lot of eggs and bacon, so I'm kind of recovering well. How are y'all, Gene and Neil? We're good, man. We're good. Well, I'm not speaking for Neil. He's he's got some car problems, but, you know, (laughs) that happens, right? At least he didn't get kicked in the face by Donnie Primetime, so he's got that going. Hey, it it was about time I got my first shiner in wrestling, so. First all together? Yeah, in my life. I didn't know if it was possible for Filipinos. Now, now wow. I know. Okay. Wow. Well, we got so we got to get right. you to Mississippi so you can catch up. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> yeah, I mean that'd be your your first one of the weekend, you know. Um. So let's so let's back up. I mean, uh, you know, I've been doing this podcast off and on since 2007, and uh, I've, I've had you on a couple of different times. And just to kind of give a little bit of a little bit of backstory, um, you know, all those years I lived and wrestled in Mississippi, and then I moved to Alabama. 
uh, wasn't really able to be involved in wrestling, but I, I made it a point. I was I was big into tape trading, and yeah, it was actual tapes at the time, and um, started looking into indie wrestling in Alabama. And so some of the first guys I became familiar with uh, was Cabana Mandan, Christian Haim, Insane Lane, Jeremy Flint, uh, guys that I've I've gone on to become good friends with since and have learned a lot about and have and watched you guys progress. Um, when did you when did you get into the wrestling business? What excuse me, what year would that have been? Well, my first match was October two thousand one in Center, Alabama. Uh I got started when I was sixteen years old. Um me and a buddy were at a movie gallery looking for looking at wrestling tapes and the lady there said, Hey, there's a there's a wrestling show about twenty minutes from Gadsden uh, they said they train people, and you know, I uh, I checked it out. Um, was trained by Chief Little Lynn at uh, Wrestling Christian Fellowship. Uh, it was in it was located in in a in an indoor yard sale building, like all good <laughs> Alabama shows are. And um, <laughs> yeah, that's how I started. <laughs> Tremendous. Now, were now when you're starting out at 16 years old, were were you Cabana Man Dan coming out the gate, or did you did you go through a couple of different uh, different aliases before you landed on this one? I have been Cabana Man Dan since before the Attitude Era. Uh, back whenever uh, backyard wrestling was cool, I already had the character and the gimmick. I was already doing it at that level with the local friends from high school and you know it just it just was meant to be and no one ever made me change my name or anything like that and it just it just stuck and that's just who I am and that's just it's just me so what inspired that as as you grew up a wrestling fan um you know what who inspired the the, the character of Cabana Man Dan well I, I don't really know I just know that um you know, with the the Filipino heritage, I wanted to go with an Islander character. I wanted a name that kind of rolled off your tongue, something that was easy to remember, sort of. And uh, that's just, right. uh, you know, just if I was a wrestler, that this is what my name would be. Uh, and and that's how it went. Um, uh, I was was a fan of Ricky Steamboat, and uh, and I like really big characters. So I was always a fan of Shark Boy too. So that's I mm-hmm. feel like like that was what I was kind of going for, something memorable like that because that's one heck of a gimmick and I love it. Now up to this point, I mean you've you've been in the business quite a long time I and mean, you've had a hiatus which we'll talk about here in a minute. But uh, much like Ricky Steamboat, I don't Cabana Man Dan's never been a heel, right? I mean that's, you've been a straight babyface just like just like you hear over the Ricky the Dragon, right? Well, the the heel runs were very few and far between and very short lived because they just they don't have very uh, very long legs. Um, I, I did a stint at uh, GCW as a heel voodoo zombie for a while for Mudbone. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, like I love. I would love to see that. I, I mean, I can't even picture you as a heel. I mean, because Cabana Man Dan's such a fun loving guy. You know. I mean, of course. Now you don't get me wrong. You, beat the tar out of people with flip-flops, which, you know, could be conceived <laughs> as heelish. But since the fans love it, it's not a problem. But, wow, I would love to see that footage end up on YouTube of zombie <laughs> zombie CMV I, I, would I be would, tremendous. Uh, <laughs> I just, you know, <laughs> you want that to stay I, buried, I think, huh? <laughs> I think if, that, uh, I think if I, 
you know, I was still very young in the business, very young in the mindset, and at the time I wasn't a huge fan of it because I wanted it, wanted things to be a certain way. Uh, had it had it come later or even now, it, it'd probably be a lot better, and it was something I would uh, something I would commit to. It just at the time I just didn't really love it, but you know. Yeah, that's understandable. That's one of those things that come with time. There's a lot of things that I look back on, opportunities that I that I had that if I had, you know, really invested and, and went all in with it, I probably could have done something with, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. So, you know, I just kind of half-assed it and it went away. So that, yeah. that completely makes sense. But, you know, you had, um, I mean, you, you, you established a name all over Alabama and, and, throughout the Southeast, and then, you know, you were getting opportunities in IWA Mid-South, which, I mean, anybody listening to this podcast probably knows all the names that passed through IWA Mid-South that went on to become huge stars. Uh, and then also, you know, you were in the Young Lions Cup in Chikara and, and worked some Chikara shows, and it seemed like you were you were really on your way to making a name for yourself and kind of breaking out of the the Southern uh, chains that you were you were in. And then uh, I guess you sustained an injury, and then you ended up retiring. Tell us a little bit about that injury, and and what has changed since. Well, uh, before you know, we can rewind a little bit before the injury, um, because it kind of like, you know, like you were saying, I had some uh, some good runs with IWA Deep South, uh, Full Throttle Wrestling uh, opened up a lot of doors. I mean, if it wasn't for those two promotions and the group that. Uh, I ran with at the time with your insane lane and, and Christian Haim and uh, all those folks, I, I would have not made it to IWA Mid-South or possibly even Chikara for the Young Lions Cup. Um, when I got, before I got into wrestling, I went to an indie show and uh, I think the summer of 2001, right before I started training, before I found out about that show rather, uh, it was a Jersey Championship Wrestling. It was a tournament, Jersey J Cup, and it had uh, guys that I didn't know at the time, but I knew that Shark Boy was there. I wanted to meet Shark Boy. Uh, lo and behold, the, the tournament also had Low Key, uh, the Spanish announced team, the Amazing Red, and Lightning Mike Quackenbush. And wow. I saw Mike Quackenbush and Amazing Red tear it up. These guys aren't huge guys. They're doing stuff I've never seen before, and maybe some things I could do myself. I want to get into wrestling because of this. And then um, uh, bought some uh, the, uh, Quacks book and some tapes and studied it and all that. And, you know, my goal was to wrestle him or wrestle for Chikara. And it's kind of like a double-edged sword as I did both of those things in that same year. 2007, whenever I got done with Chikara and came back to Alabama and wasn't really getting booked again outside of the state, it just kind of, it just kind of, um, kind of petered out for me. And I just, you know, I had a bunch of stuff going on in life that I had to just put my big boy pants on and get to work and, you know, take care of things and wrestling kind of hit my goals. And I just felt like I proved what I needed to prove at the time. And, uh, I was just not happy where I, where I was after that. Well, I definitely can respect that. I've, I've certainly been an advocate over the years of the, the putting the big boy pants on and, and dealing with things outside of wrestling when, when it needs to be done. So kudos kudos for that. Um, and, of course, you know, Al, we won't get too too far into this. I know your time's limited, but um, 
when you got out of wrestling. I've really been lying around napping all day. So, you know, we'll, 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 <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we'll, all right. Okay. Well, we won't cut you off before it's, before it's time. But, uh, if, um, once you got out of wrestling, uh, you developed a whole nother, um, I guess hobby or, you know, there's something you were doing on the side that really snowballed into a whole nother source of income for you, a whole nother, uh, gimmick, if you will, because beyond being Cabana Man Dan, you became the Bev nerd. You had a YouTube show. Uh, and you know, it, like I say, it, it took on a whole new life of its own. So tell us a little bit about that. Did that. I mean, like I know personally when I stepped away from wrestling, I had to find something to fill that void, to scratch that itch, if you will. And that's when I started doing podcasts and writing columns and things of that nature. So did you kind of, did that kind of take the place of wrestling for you when you started into that venture? Absolutely. Um, it came at the time after I had a couple of uh, brief runs that led to nowhere and eventually my neck just screwing up for whatever reason. And I just had that creative itch. Uh, I just started um, a new job in the snack and drink distri- distribution industry. And I, I was fascinated with the products. I was like, well, I don't, you know, I, all these people are making YouTube videos of just random stuff and they're getting a lot of views or leading into avenues, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to review soft drinks and, you know, snack food products. And um, BevNerd was a very fun thing, very time-consuming and tedious, but it would just consist of me recording uh, various reviews, and we would um, roll those reviews into uh, convention appearances, or we'll get uh, booths at Comic-Cons and events like that, and get sponsors to pay us to be there to promote their product as a brand ambassador. And that uh, led to a very, very fun run of just being at uh, two, three-day conventions in Atlanta, just seeing all these people in anime cosplays. We have no idea what the hell anybody is for the most part, but (laughs) it was really, really fun. And we got to – we got to have we, we got to pass out products and, and, and do a really cool thing with, with BevNerd. It just uh as I progressed at my job it just more and more time went away from it and uh we moved to a new house and it just um you know, just kinda of fell to the wayside, you know. Um, like most things do. But there's a reason why it kinda of fell away a little bit. I'm sure we'll, there's gonna be a segue into what kind of rolled beyond BevNerd. So yeah, I mean, eventually, eventually, um, you know, you became you you became. I don't know how that. I mean, I don't know the the ins and outs, the details of it, but I know that uh, you took on uh, kick-ass snacks, and you know, you you are distributing those. And I know, I mean, they're all over the place uh, in Alabama. I see them as I go around uh, for my job, driving around doing different things. I see them at all the different stores and everything, and I. I you're the guy in Alabama for that, right? If they're in a place in Alabama, that's that's because of you, right? That is correct. If you see kick-ass beef jerky or meat sticks in the state of Alabama and Georgia, it's come through my hands. Uh, whether or not I put it on the shelf, it uh, it all it all bottlenecks through uh, our distribution warehouse in Gadsden. Um, kick-ass Snacks is actually a, a father and son company out of Minnesota. They've been around since 2001, uh, using family recipes to start out with, and they keep uh, coming out with new stuff throughout the years. They actually found me because of the BevNerd podcast. I reviewed um, another beef jerky brand. Uh, they were looking for people to review Kick-Ass because it was fairly new at the time. And uh, I became good friends with Jeremy Littell, 
uh, he's now the president of the company, and uh, he thought, you know, we don't have anybody in the South at all selling this stuff. Would, would you think you could sell it? And, you know, like a like a worker like we all are, we're going to try to do something to make a little extra money and uh, shill something. So I was like, well, what's the worst that could happen? We can make some money. So I said, okay, well, my first order from them was uh, about 160 bucks, maybe under $200 just to check it all out. And then now we're, you know, ordering tens of thousands uh, at a time and uh, wow. servicing between the two of us, me and my stepdad, over 50 stores. And then we have three other distributors that take it to other places. So I wouldn't doubt that uh, you do see kick-ass in a lot of places, especially like Save-A-Lot and uh, independent gas stations, yeah. And that- Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I travel around trying to trying to find people who have ran off of my cars or haven't made a payment to me. And so I drive all over three or four different counties. And as I stop and go in gas stations, I, I see those signs. And I think of Cabana Man Dan whenever I see a kick-ass beef jerky sign. So. Heck yeah, and, and please tell me why you're out uh, uh, getting vehicles. You're you're in the repo man gimmick. Oh, you know it. <laughs> Absolutely, I got What's the I got the Lone Ranger mask on. I'm sneaking around, you know. Got that music blaring out of my car. Repo man. Absolutely. You run you run around <laughs> snickering and saying, "What's mine is mine, and what's yours is mine too." <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Much love to Barry Darso. Get those tire, get those tire prints running up your back and all that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because nothing, nothing hook, screams repo, the, man. Uh, like tire prints. Got the hook yeah. on the rope on. <laughs> Stealing little girl's bicycles because her daddy was late one day on the payment. That's right. <laughs> That's uh, man. You know, if if, if it wasn't Cabana Man Dan, look at the opportunity you, you, you missed there. You could have been the the repo man. And uh, oh, dude, you man. probably would be uh, too too rich to talk to us at this point. <laughs> well, I love gimmicks, so that, that's always been one of my favorite. I love uh, low level gimmicks. That's always been my thing. So. Well, I'll tell you what uh, we yeah. uh, we grew up in the. I know we're similar in, in age, so we we were in the heyday whoa, whoa. of low level gimmicks <laughs> when I was in high school. We had uh, repo men and and hockey players and plumbers and all that good stuff. I was such a Tatanka, Mark. <laughs> good old Tatanka. I see him at every almost every convention we go to. Old Tatanka's there, chilling his ass off next to Virgil. But anyway, not to get sidetracked. Uh, so so you got all this going on, and I guess this is what kind of surprised me because I know, like you say, you, you moved up the ladder at your job, which takes up a lot more hours, and then you've got this relatively large undertaking of, of dealing with this side project of, of kick-ass. Um, what led to you getting back into the ring? Where does that begin? How does that come about? Well, um, New South – uh, is the pretty much the the the, the catalyst. Um, I saw what the folks over there were doing, and I'm really good longtime friends with uh, Christian Haim, uh, Chris Bradley, aka Dump Sanders, and several of the uh, production folks over there. Uh, I came to a couple of their shows, checked it out, fell in love with it, and uh, got involved with them. Uh, started selling kick-ass jerky and sponsoring their shows. And um, 
you know, there's some talent there, which I'll probably get to, that just was seriously the the rubber to the road of me wanting to come back. Uh, just seeing some guys just brought the magic back to wrestling for me, and I want to do what it takes to get in the ring with them again. And uh, just I started training again as far as getting back in shape in February of last year, um, and uh, came back for the first time in a wrestling ring. Uh, almost a year ago at Pro South during the Trinity Cup in Piedmont in a battle royal. That was the first time I had stepped in the ring for action in six years or so. And uh, that was pretty much my first taste until later that summer. And I was there uh, doing commentary, and Mark Bowman and Adam Coffey squealed like little girls when your music hit, and you ran out because they had no idea that you were going to be there. <laughs> And uh, they're they're two of the biggest Cabana fans there are, and I'm telling you, they squealed when you come out. It was it was hilarious and and, and embarrassing all at the same time. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was quite an re- impressive return. Um, the crowd, you know, the crowd popped, and and uh, you never would have known that it had been six years since you had been in the ring. It felt like it felt like ten years away from the ring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. And, you know, that was actually supposed to be a one-off. They're all supposed to be one-off. But uh, um, I just, like, I, I I felt the passion again. I felt that it was back. There's some other things that's inspired me in the back burner, like NXT is really awesome. Uh, Cruiserweight Classic was heating up. Uh, and just there's so much opportunity now, more than there ever was, even just six years ago. The whole business is just upside down. Uh, versus what it was when I got out and uh, exposure is just a lot different, you know, and if I got back into it and gave it one real try, you never know what could really happen. And I'm, I'm shocked every week whenever I go out and go somewhere new. But um, uh, that summer, uh, it was, I think June, uh, New South had their show in Hartsel and it was Christian Haim versus uh, – on the other card was, was supposed to be Christian Heyman, John Wayne Murdoch, I believe. And I got the call. Yeah, I think that's right. The day before that uh, Murdoch had to cancel. Can you work with Christian Haim? And, you know, that caliber of show with the state that I was in, I was, I was very nervous about it. And I said, I, I love Christian. He's excellent. He can he can make it work with whatever. So I'm in. He can carry me. <laughs> and uh, you know, we had the match. Uh, it definitely wasn't our best. It wasn't my best work, considering I haven't had a singles match in six years. But from for what it was, it was. I tried to keep up the best I could. Um, I was worried about my neck. I was worried about my body. I didn't know how I was going to be a couple days later. Um, it was a it was a decent match, and a couple of days later, I was kind of kind of leery on how things were going to go, and nothing happened. And uh, we haven't touched on it, but the reason I got out in 2010 is me and Christian wrestled a match at Pro South, and you know nothing went wrong, everything was going smooth how it's supposed to be uh, from start to finish, nothing uh, nothing crazy. And then um, two days later, I wake up in the middle of the night, and from my elbow down is, uh, for lack of the better term, is paralyzed. And my hand was drawn up. My hand was numb. 
and I was in severe pain coming from my neck, and it happened to be a a really bad herniated disc that was pinching some nerves, and it just it just scared it just scared the crap out of me, and uh, it was just a wake up call that maybe this is not the time to do this anymore, and um, it took probably about a year for everything to kind of settle back down, but my neck was just so tender from there on out, and uh, it's a miracle, and I uh, probably shouldn't be wrestling now, but you know, you know how it goes. And that's because that's been a while. Because I was actually, ironically, I was there for that match as well. And uh, and I remember talking to you after, you know, about the injury. And I'm like, you know, when did it happen, man? And I'm like, because I was there for that match, and I didn't see anything that looked like it went awry. And I remember you telling me then, like, no, that's just that's the scary part. There wasn't, there wasn't anything in that match I can pinpoint where it happened. You know, and it took a couple of days to develop. And you know, that and that is scary. It really is. But uh, an, an interesting aside to the New South thing, since this is you and I talking, um, when you first, when you know, when New South first started, I was managing, and then they wanted me to do commentary. And I was working in Gadsden at the time, and they were like, hey, we want you to do commentary with uh, Cabana Man Dan. I was like, oh, great, that'll be fun. And so I said, are we recording these at the shows? And they're like, no. And they said, y'all just have to figure out somewhere to meet up. So this is a little bit of interesting trivia for, for people who don't know, <laughs> for anyone who has watched the New South DVDs, <laughs> is uh, we we got together. And so me and Cabana Man Dan recorded all the commentary for the previous New South DVDs in his car in his driveway, <laughs> which is just funny to me. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, I just I don't picture Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura sitting in their car recording, you know, commentary for Saturday night's main event or whatever. I just I don't know. That I'm always sure strikes me as hilarious. I'm actually in my car right no. now because <laughs> what do uh, we call it? Scion why in, Studios. Why, <laughs> why in the car? Like what <laughs> why why did you have to be in the car? Well, I've got two dogs, a cat, a daughter, and a wife inside, and, you know, there's a lot going on, and, you know, we don't, we're, we're one-take kind of commentary. If something messes it up, you know, we we just wanted to cut down with distractions and uh, still have okay. air conditioning or heat, so, uh, and we could uh, <laughs> kind of huddle together, and I don't know, it kind of worked out pretty good. That's and Gene Jackson's oh, an asshole. Okay. You don't want him in your house if you can keep him out of there. You know. <laughs> I'd have to clean up. <laughs> Maybe like <clean> up <laughs> Sometimes he don't leave. <laughs> yeah, you know. It's, it's like ten thirty, and you're ready to go to bed, and Gene's flipping through the uh, flipping through Netflix. Exactly. Like John Belushi. Minus all the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, definitely. Let's let's add that in, uh, just in case anybody's <laughs> listening from where I work. But uh, hopefully they're not, because taking some work to uh, taking some work for me to uh, be able to maneuver around and get to shows like I did last night and do some of the other stuff I'm doing without them knowing. Keith Habe is still well, alive you, in the Jackson house. Well, you were wearing <laughs> a uh, incognito pair of glasses. With the fake nose and mustache last night, so I don't think anybody saw. Oh yeah, it. I was. I, that was very hard to spot, and then you know, of course, I wasn't wearing that that bowling shirt that I'm known for, so it's hard to <laughs> hard to pick me out of the crowd over there. But 
let's let's uh, so let's talk about last night. Last night, uh, New South had a show in Hartsell. Tommy Dreamer was there. He had a, a seminar before the show. The place was packed. I don't know where you would have stuck any more fans in that building if if you would have you know brought any more in. Uh, but a lot we've talked a lot recently on the podcast about seminars. We talked to Ace Haven and Donnie Primetime and different guys about all the different seminars uh, they they go to. And I I walked in and caught the tail end. Of, like I caught right as as Tommy was critiquing you and uh, Brandon uh, B Watt B Brandon Watley from Pro South y'all's uh, exhibition match y'all had, had there. So tell me uh, tell me a little bit about the Tommy Dreamer seminar and how it stacked up against the other seminars that you've, you've taken part in. Well, it's, it be, it's, they're, they're all difficult to rate and compare because all these guys have different backgrounds. I've been to several throughout the years, but the most recent ones I've uh, attended was a, the uh, Brutal Bob Evan, uh, both of the Mike Quackenbush, and then uh, uh, Tommy Dreamers. Unfortunately, Tommy Dreamers was, uh, was on the shorter side just because his flight was late. Uh, so he mm-hmm. he got there a little bit later than planned. So uh, you know he 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 spoke for a little less than probably what he normally does. Uh, if there's anything I could take away, uh, if I ever record a sex tape, make sure to put it on VHS. That way it doesn't get leaked on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, he, he had I wondered if he that. added that in. <laughs> he did. He did. Uh, he said, you know, anything can get hacked these days. Anything with a camera on it can get hacked. So don't record anything. And if you're going to put it on a VHS, I was like, okay, all right. Well, I don't, I'm I'm not that type, so I wouldn't do that anyways. Um, and uh, his was his was different in the in the vein of uh, of his stint at WWE, as far as working in the office and all that stuff, and those kind of pointers. And uh, you know, basically, they're looking for people who can sell merch and uh, all yeah. that stuff. They're looking for different ethnicity, somebody with a cool story, somebody that's different. Um, <coughs> but, uh, I, that, that's what I took took away from his. I mean, all of them always have important stuff. Uh, you know, the one that the one I probably soaked up the most like a sponge was the, the two Quackenbush ones just because of my, my history. Um, I did a three-hour in-ring seminar with him, and that was all like chain wrestling, Lucha Libre, English-style British wrestling, and um, a particular Lucha Libre style with all the uh, roll-ups and chain wrestling, which that was a that was a treat. That was a really really big treat. And then the the, the second one was on character development. And it just like melted my mind and reshaped it in a whole new outlook in, of, of wrestling and how to do things differently. And I've applied those things, and I, I actually feel like I get it more now than I ever did. Uh, in the 10 years before what I have in one year, I feel like I have more knowledge in those 10 years. It's crazy. It is. And, you know, something I kind of glossed over earlier, um, and, man, I know you mentioned that you did, but you you did get to have a match with with Quackenbush. Uh, I've seen seen it on DVD a couple different times. Like I say, when I was doing all the tape trade, and I watched pretty much all the Deep South shows, especially from the, the Mike Burns era there. And uh, uh, how how would you rate that? Like, if looking over like all the matches you ever had, like where does that rank in your top ten matches you've had? Oh, um, it's probably as as far as 
as far as like nostalgia now, that's probably like number one for me. But as far as overall, I'd probably rank it like three or four, uh, just because um, I was really intimidated. So uh, I just let him, I guess, put it all together, and uh, yeah. just, you know, plugged in my pieces when needed. So there probably wasn't a whole lot of DMD spice on there. Like a like a match with like Christian Haim or Insane Lane, which would rank them a little bit higher because of a little bit more freedom. But uh, as far as oh my god, I'm wrestling my hero. Yeah, that's pretty freaking amazing. So I would I would probably put it three or four to be honest with you. I, I gotta say, you know, me coming, you know, me being late to the party, and I'm just I'm just getting DVDs from from random time periods there, you know, learning who everybody was. Uh, the first couple things I saw were like Carnage Cups and things like that. So I thought that Lane was just a deathmatch wrestler. And the first time I realized, oh, Lane can work, uh, was a match I seen he had with you at one of those shows. And it was really one of my favorite matches for the two of you. You know, like as one of my favorite Cabana Man Dan matches, it was also one of my favorite Insane Lane matches. It was it was really good, and it opened my eyes to like, oh, well, shit, Lane can work. He doesn't have to roll around in barbed wire and stuff. He actually can wrestle and has some psychology and I don't know that was that it was just a fun match I enjoyed I enjoyed watching it at the time and uh oh, yeah. and of course you know all your matches with with Christian Haim you could see the progression if you watch them and you know when I, once I kind of got a timeline on them you could really see the progression for both of you guys as time went on from seeing the deep south matches up through the mid south matches and all that and um yeah, I mean, if you had to pick two guys out of, out of everybody in Alabama at the time, that were, you know, you're like, well, these guys are going to go somewhere. It was, you know, definitely you and Haim. Oh, absolutely, and he went on to uh, work on a lot of really great sh- uh, shows. Uh, I know he had a trial with Ring of Honor, and he worked another Chikara show, or maybe another Young Lions Cup, or something like that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you, we, we known each other for a long time, and then we worked together a few times and then we worked together for new school action uh, before IWA deep South. And that's when we kind of started getting it as far as how to work with each other and how to do that style people like. Um, and then it translated over into the, uh, in FTW and we worked together even more. And then by that time we were getting into IWA deep South, uh, working the uh, uh, non non match tournament matches for the carnage cup and then progressing on into uh uh, a really good match is uh, me and him at Biting the Bullet in Pell City uh, outside mm-hmm. of uh, kind of a missed 450 at the end. It was pretty much perfect. And uh, it's just fun seeing people's uh, response online even years later about that match being so good. Um, and then ultimately our last match for a really long time was at, I think in Pelham at the National Guard Armory the TLC match between me and him that's I think I, I won with something off the ladder, and that was a lot of fun. That was very scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could I can imagine. But you, know, that, that's the thing is like, it kind of blew my mind back then when all this went down. It was like, you know, there you guys have a TLC match, half a dozen spots where somebody could have got their neck injured or you know woke up two days later with with no feeling in their arm, and nothing. And then you guys had just a regular match. There was no gimmick to it. It was just y'all, you know, just kind of a standard match. And then, and then that happens. And so I know that's got to weigh heavy on your mind. Like, well, God, if this can happen in just a regular match, what happens the next time we decide to go dive off a ladder somewhere, you know? 
Right, right. And and that was before my daughter was born, too. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, I got that all ahead of me. You know, I want a child one day. I want to be able to hold her and actually feel her. You know what I mean? And right. you know, I feel like safety would be an issue. I can't use both of my hands. But, you know, thank God that that went away. And uh funny thing is, is, you know, she's another catalyst, my, my daughter Evie, that I was watching old matches on YouTube, and, you know, she's smart with phones. She got on YouTube, and I guess somehow she went to my history or or, or maybe maybe like a watch list or something. So she started watching, you know, she pulled up one of my matches and she said, Daddy, is this you? I was like, yeah, that, that was me. I never smartened her up, really. I mean, yeah. as far as that goes, because she's only four. So I just, right. you know, she watches wrestling with me, but then she said, uh, I want to see you wrestle again. I was like, okay, all right, well, that, that's going to happen. So um, <laughs> that kind of rolled into me coming back full time. Because after I, after I worked that New South show in June, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I wrestled again until October. And that was just me just getting, staying in the gym, getting back in shape. And uh, my first real match back full time was against, uh, the wretched one, Trevor Aon, at uh, Pro South, challenging uh, for the all-out championship out of uh, Open Challenge thing he was doing at the time. And, you know, he he was one of the guys that I had my eye on there that, no pun intended, that I wanted to wrestle because I see a lot of potential in him, and I like this style. And, you know, despite me not having but one match in six years, uh, we tore it up and, you know, he claimed it was his one of his favorite matches of 2016, and it was mine of 2016 because uh, it was really good, and uh, I enjoyed it a lot. And then I just uh, started coming back after that. You know, I felt good. And um, Ace has the door has, has had the door open for me at Pro South, and um, that's where I am most Fridays now. Just about every Friday now I'm there. I, I, he, he jokes with me that I've, I've shaken off the part-timer status over there, so I'm, I'm, I'm a <laughs> Mainstay roster guy now. I'm promoting. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I see your I see your name on a lot of results and a lot of upcoming cards. And I just want to add to that too. Uh, I'm a huge advocate of Trevor. Uh, I've I've been real impressed with him for quite a long time. And had qu- had you know Twin States been able to continue, I, I had definitely had him figured in moving forward to to do some things with him because um, yeah, he's somebody that because I only I only get over there every so often. And, and every time that I've left and come back, um, he's he's just improved leaps and bounds every time. And uh, and he was so good during the, the time they had him as champion as the the leader of the little hill faction and all that. And uh, yeah, he's he's one of the guys that that you know really stands out uh, amongst the crowd. Everybody you know in in the South and in, in Pro South, which. You know, if there's a promotion with South in the title, Cabana Man Dan's there. He's in Pro South. He's in New South. I'm, I'm sure you're constantly looking for new <laughs> South promotions to to uh, interject yourself in. But talk, going back to last night, I know we're jumping around. Um, but last night, uh, you and you and your partner Dump Sanders were involved in a four-way match for this Southern Grand Prix tournament they've got going on, and um, you know, you you guys, and it was uh, Donnie Primetime and Jake Parnell, and then you had the uh, the Monarchy, which is AJ Gray, and a guy named Prince Apollo, and then you had the Carnies, Kerry Awful and Nick Iggy, and those guys. I mean, you talk about people that are 
they're making a name for themselves that are traveling all over and, and just recently was involved in Ring of Honor. Um, did that feel like last night this was going to be an even even bigger test? I mean, you're getting in there in a match with all these people, and, and there's really a lot of room for it to just turn into a complete disaster when you got that many guys in there. And then, of course, you got you and Dump, who haven't been tagging very long, you know, competing with people the calendar uh, caliber, I should say, of the Carnies. How, how did you feel going into that last night? Well, I was nervous, and, the, and then there was like a hint of kind of starstruck them because I'm going to segue back to whenever I said that there was a couple people at New South that kind of brought the magic. That was the Carnies to me. When I saw them for the first time, I felt like they had it, and I wanted part of that. And it was, it was an honor to you know, share a ring with them last night. They're excellent dudes, super nice. I see nothing but good things for them. Um, but, yeah, last night was intimidating because, of, like you said, the, the, the caliber of, of talent in that match. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah I, I thought it went, I thought it went uh, for the most part, fantastic. Um, I feel like I got the, can I say the S word on here? You can say any word you want, man. Oh, man, I got the shit beat out of me last night. <laughs> between, getting, between getting kicked in the face, chopped, and, oh, my gosh, Nick Iggy with that senton uh, killed me. But it was it felt awesome. It felt like it looked awesome because it hurt like hell. I did. It felt like it was awesome. So, uh, you know, I was I was happy to be a part of it. And, you know, I, I felt like my role was, uh, last night was, uh, you know, I just I wanted to prove myself to the New South audience that I can take a beating and still come back and just be like the <laughs> ultimate underdog. And I, I think I achieved that because I, I feel like I got hit by a train. And, um, you know, it, you know, as, as, as the match progressed, I, I was just super happy with it. You know, just, the whole night was special. And anytime I was in that ring last night, it just seemed like, it just seemed like it was a, a dream come true. I mean, you know, I'm going to say this, and it's not just like I'm I'm shilling for them because I'm, you know, a part of it, um, a small part, you know, doing the commentary. But, you know, I, they have really raised the bar for shows in Alabama. And I love Pro South, and I'm a Pro South guy. And, I mean, I consider that to be my my home at this point because I've spent so much time there. And, and they really are one of the best shows in the state as well. But, uh Man, I mean, every pro, every New South show, you know, has they've stepped up every every aspect of it as the show has gone along, and they've just gotten better and better. And last night, you know, I've been away for two or three shows, and last night, I mean, it, it felt really polished, really smooth. It was, it felt like an event. It wasn't just a wrestling show somewhere. It, you felt like you were at a big event. I mean. Besides the fact that the, you know the, the place was packed and, and they had a huge crowd and all that, but just the, the the fans were really hot throughout the night and everybody everybody just worked so damn hard on that show. Like there's nobody out there, you know, just phoning it in. You know, everybody's out there trying to do their very best. And, uh, and then of course having having Tommy Dreamer there was was really cool because I mean. You know, you go to these shows, and a lot of these names come in, and they just they come in, they sit in the corner, and then they go out, and they do their little match, and they go home. And, I mean, every time and, – and I was out of the dressing room most of the time, but every time I was in the dressing room, you know, Dreamer had somebody over there going over their match, telling them, hey, you could have did this, you could have did that, or talking about their promo. 
and and it's really went above and beyond to help people more than he had to as far as I'm concerned absolutely he was there for us he was there for New South he wasn't there for Tommy Dreamer he knew that after tonight he would be gone so he wanted to instill as much as his influence as possible on the show to continue drawing a crowd and get a reaction I mean Whatever he did last night was for us and not for him. And you know he, he, he you know he, he was awesome. You know he's a he's one hell of a guy. Uh, me and him talked for a while, and you know he really uh, he really tugged on some of my heartstrings last night. And uh, you know um, it was just super awesome meeting him and what he gave back to the show is uh, you know, he's he's a really good asset. If you have a chance to have him on your show, he's going to do everything he can to help you and the guys. And girls. Yep, absolutely. I, I would highly recommend anybody that's looking for a you know a name uh, to bring in, not just to draw, not just to have a good match, but to help improve your show. Uh, he is definitely high high up on the list of, of people I would I recommend to do so. But uh, like you said, last night just it felt special. It was it was a big show. And then of course we're rolling right into the next one coming up April fifteenth, and Michael Elgin's going to be there. And uh, like I say, the whole roster just gets better every, every time, every time out. So uh, I'm looking forward to that one as well. I think I've pretty much got it worked out now uh, to where I can slip out of work on time to, to make it. If Even if I'm just making it just in time for the show to start like Smooth did last night. Uh, me and him will run in there together, I guess, and, and call the action. I had a lot of fun. I mean, I had a whole lot of fun calling the show and uh, getting to getting to see everything through the monitor there and, and, and do commentary. Me and Smooth always have fun doing it. And I enjoy doing it with you. I, I, I still want to see the match we called with uh, with AR Fox and uh, Colin Delaney because I had a lot of fun calling that match. And, um, that was I'm sure that's another I'm sure that's another match that probably uh, got you fired up, even though that was the night you were tamed on that same show, right? Right, correct. Right. So so you 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 know you're working uh, New South Pro South. I know you I know you've been doing some matches for uh, that uh, Rocket City Championship Wrestling's going on over there around Huntsville. Uh, tell me a little bit about that show. How are you feeling about that? How are they doing over there? Uh, they're doing they're doing great. Um, uh, every everybody up there is fired up. Every time they have a show, it seems like they've added something new to the set or, or made an improvement of some sort, added more chairs. Uh, it's a small venue, but they pack it out, man. Um, it's a very fun place to work. You know, I, I like, I like, uh, I like the guy in charge. Um, he owns a gym, so you can go work out before the show. Really, it, it was the first place my wife has been to where she was like, "Wow, this place is a clean wrestling show, and I'm not afraid to use their bathrooms." So uh, <laughs> that, that that's a big plus too. And um, uh, I have a lot of fun there, and I'll, I'll be I'll be coming back there uh, April first. Um, uh, for their show, and uh, Hazel Green, and uh, it's it's a fun show. A lot of a lot of a lot of talents going through there right now. Uh, just this Saturday, they had the, the spectacular tag team of Roscoe Eat Lisa versus the Knee Up Boys, uh, a couple of WWA four guys, and I'm sure they had a a heck of a match. You know, it's it's just getting getting better and better. There's a lot of heat. There's a lot of it's it, it, it's like. Kind of like New South, a hot new thing. They're, they're a hot new thing as well, and uh, everybody's wanting to work there too. And a lot of people are getting opportunities to at least do something up there right now. So uh, I like it. 
I don't know those guys, but I, I keep hearing and seeing that name, Roscoe Eat Lisa. Aren't they? Don't they do some of those shows with in Ripley with you down there, Neil? Yeah, I do. A, uh, I do a bunch of shows with those guys. They're uh, they're very entertaining. I, I love that gimmick and uh, just hanging around those guys. They're crazy anyway. So yeah, I I, I enjoy their work. You'll have to uh, you'll have to put them in put them in your Google machine and and and. Uh, and look at some of their work. I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of those guys. Well, I've, I've been meaning to check them out because I keep seeing their name pop up, and that's usually how I I come to be aware of people. I hear their name enough, and I, I exactly like you said, I put them in Google or YouTube and go, all right, we'll see what the hell these guys are about because I keep hearing about them. So that's cool. They seem that, to be getting have, around. They seem to be following the same track as the Carnies. Absolutely, and if it ever exists on tape or whatever at New South, uh, it was a three-way tag match between. Uh, the Carnies and Roscoe Eat Lisa and the now defunct Viking War Party, man, they just exploded the building, man. It was such a good match. It's like wow. it was just really good. So if that exists anywhere, you check it out. Cool, cool. I'll definitely. They're, they're, God, half the building last night apparently was recording that show with their phones because there's videos. I've never seen a show with so many cell phone videos popping up all over Facebook from last Amazing. night from all different angles. <laughs> so, I love it. That's pretty cool. I mean, I don't know what that does for them wanting to sell a DVD, but, I mean, at least there's clips out there. Well, you know, you sell a DVD or you make something go viral. I'd probably rather make something go viral. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and if it it sparks enough interest, then they'll buy the DVD because, you know, then they get to to hear Gene Jackson on there, and then that's not, you know, (laughs) nothing to sneeze at. But anyway... Uh, so what's next? What, what, like, what are your goals? What, what do you, what do you want to do? Are, are you happy where you're at? Or, I mean, you know, Dreamer. When I caught the tail end of Dreamer's critique of y'all's match, you know, I, I even, you know, he said, um, you know, I could see you on, you know, two hundred five live, and this is a guy who at one point had would have had the ability to make that happen if, if you know, he still was where he was. So, you know, in in your mind, how exciting was that to hear something like that? And and like you said earlier. You know, when when you were trying to climb the ladder back at the time you were before, thoughts of going to WWE was just out of the question because one, there was so many people trying to get in there, and two, smaller guys, there just wasn't a place for you. Uh, but now, when there's 205 Live and there's guys like Kalisto, you know, winning U.S. titles and beating guys like Ryback a few months back, uh, that's that's got to make guys your size feel like hell. There's there's a there's an opportunity out there if we can get in front of the right eyes. Absolutely. I mean, that was my um, kind of like my uh, ultimate goal now is, you know, be like a competitor at that level. Uh, you know, I just – that's why – that, that's just – that's another reason why I wanted to come back. And, you know, it's, that was one of my visions for either 2017 or 18, you know, God willing and my body holding together you know, get an opportunity to do that. And with him saying that, just kind of shook me, um, uh, solidified that idea that if he, you know, where he's been and for him to say something like that to me, holy cow, uh, that, that, that's something. And, um, I almost cried. <laughs> and and if, if anybody's listening right now and they're rolling their eyes going, oh yeah, I'm sure he just says what people want to hear. Trust me. <laughs> Tommy Dreamer is one of the most blunt people I've ever been around. Some of the things that he said to some of those people yesterday, 
they were wanting to cry for a whole different reason. I mean, oh my God, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I mean, he wasn't hateful or mean, but he was very straightforward. Uh, and, and, you know, you know, pretty much cut through all the bullshit and, and told them like it was. And, and hopefully they appreciated that and, and they use what he told them. But, uh, he, if he told, you know, him telling you, that's why I thought, you know, to mention it and it, and it really struck a chord with me because, you know, I realized like, well, he's not a guy that's just blowing smoke up people's ass to make them feel good. If he's saying it, he means it. So, uh, but yeah, he, I was, I was very impressed with, you know, how straightforward he was. And then, you know, some of the things he said was just, you know, at the end of the night when he made that crack about it, I know everybody in here jerked off to my wife and Kimona back in the day. <laughs> and everybody just kind of looked around like, uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, he was he was he was really cool. But yeah, I'm, I I look forward to seeing uh, what's next for for Cabana Man Dan because you know I kind of got the feeling talking to you, you know, when you showed up at Pro South with the Battle Royal, I knew that was kind of a one off, and I mean you were talking in between matches on the commentary that night that hey I'm just kind of jumping in and and taking this spot helping Chris out because you know Murdoch can't be here, and so it was kind of like that was a one off. And then, you know, as you mentioned, it was months past and you weren't wrestling. Then all of a sudden, every time I look on Facebook, Cabana Man Dan's on the show. Cabana Man Dan's going to be in Hazel Green. Cabana Man Dan's back in Piedmont this Friday night. And so I was like, wow, he's doing this. So you mentioned your wife a while ago. How's she feeling about all this? Is she cool with it or is she, is she a little ner- uh, nervous about it or how's she feeling? Uh, I'd say she's nervous about it. And uh, she has every right to be because – you know, you don't want to see your husband get hurt or, you know, supporting the family, you know, jeopardizing that. Um, but I think, I think, um, I think she's warming up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. This is what the feedback I've been getting late, lately and, you know, wrestling's different now. And I'm, I've learned ways to where I just don't lose all my money going to do shows anymore. You know, coming in with a little bit more clout and you know a little bit smarter head on me now. Uh, it, you know, I, I'm buying groceries, and I just I just never done that before. Until this year, I never actually made enough to do anything, and you know it's a blessing whatever right. extra income I bring into my household, feed my family with, and that's uh, it's, it's amazing. And um, she just says one thing: I ha- I'm not allowed to complain about hurting. You can do it, but don't complain. <laughs> That's fair. I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. So. That's, uh, and and my and Evie loves coming. She's she's at Pro South just about every Friday, hanging with all the other workers' kids. And you know she yeah. she's got her little thing of hoodlums that she hangs out with, and uh, <laughs> she, she loves it. So she. Uh, well, that's cool. I mean, and if, and if your wife isn't at least a little apprehensive, you have to wonder if she cares. So you know, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> If she was just glad to get oh, you out of the house every weekend, you'd have to wonder what's up. Uh, and I've got all sorts of I'm, I'm insurance up, brother. Health insurance, accident insurance, life insurance, anything you name it. If I can get it, I've got it. So. Well, I know, all I know is I had an ex-wife that for 10 years we fought like cats and dogs about me ever wrestling. And uh, four months from the first time she ever said, hey, why don't you call Neil and go wrestle this weekend? We were divorced, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I knew. That's what I knew. Something was afoot. Uh, call Neil and go wrestle. What? What are you talking about? And uh, yeah, that was the beginning of the end. But that, or maybe she had a, a new thing. book to read, and she needed to she needed to 
needed somewhere to read a new book. Remember that? <laughs> when she said to a show, yeah, uh, read a book. <laughs> so, so uh, filming, yeah, I'll tell this story real quick. Just <clears throat> so our friend uh, Leslie uh, was was taping a show for television, and uh, I went down there to work the show, and my ex wife wife at the time brings a book and sits right out in the middle of the crowd reading said book never never looks up to watch the show because needless to say she wasn't a wrestling fan and so it got to the point like guys were going out there trying to like cut promos on her and shit and she wouldn't put them over <laughs> and you just see her in the background like she was right in front of the hard camera so like through the whole television show through all the matches you just see this chick back there just reading a book giving oh. just no you know not giving a shit whatsoever about the show uh, the only good to come out of is when in me and Neil's tag match, I snatched the book out of her hand and hit the baby face over the head with the book, and uh, and then everybody thought it was a spot like that. <laughs> we, we had the her out there with the book all night, so I could take it and hit Josh Holly with it. Wow, what a payoff! But that's like the one thing Neil remembers every time I mention her is like, yeah, hey, I remember she's out there with the book, and then Leslie especially. Leslie's still pissed to this day about it, you know. Bam, bitch out there reading the book during my show. But, uh, that was 11 years ago. <laughs> 11 years ago, and he's still salty about and, it. And he's so. still mad, yeah. He's, <laughs> I don't know what she'd have been doing in this last one, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, Leslie. And it's, <laughs> if you're listening, I'm just messing with you. But anyway, uh, it's good to have you on, man. Like I said, you're you're one of the... The first guys that I became aware of in uh, Alabama when I got here, and and turned out we we lived and worked in the same town, and uh, I came to know you and uh, get to be friends. And another little uh, <laughs> another um okay, so I was working at I was I was working as assistant manager at Walgreens back when I first right. met you, and um, at at the time. You came in, and like I said, we kind of knew each other in passing. You'd done my podcast and whatnot, and uh, you'd come in, and you were like, I don't know if y'all were married at the time or y'all were just dating, but it was either, you'd say, like, my wife or my girlfriend. I don't remember. Um, I was looking for a job. Could she put you as a reference? And I'm like, sure. And well, here's a little spoiler alert. Jackson isn't my real last name, uh, <laughs> but a lot of people don't know that. <laughs> So, so there's this application comes through and the store manager and then by the way i i didn't talk to anybody at work about the rest they didn't know i wrestled they didn't know any of that and so my store manager comes to me and goes somebody has on here gene jackson the assistant manager in rainbow city would that be you and i was like yeah yeah they i guess they were thinking of someone else and got the last name screwed up <laughs> They're like, oh, oh, okay. Well, I was wondering because they put you down as a reference. I'm like, oh yeah, she's great. You should hire her. She's uh, not good with names, but other than that, she she's great. But uh, I always think of that whenever, whenever, whenever I think back of because that was an awkward conversation. I was eating my lunch and he walks in like, are you Gene Jackson? And I'm like, where in the hell is this coming from? Because God knows what they found if they did like a Google search or something. Uh, I didn't it was know just that that application. <laughs> Yeah, the next time I saw it, he was like, oh, yeah, by the way, Gene Jackson, not my real name. So, uh, at least you didn't put War Machine on there or something. So, was, uh, <laughs> uh, if you're looking at a job with uh, my company, don't put Cabana Man Dan down as a reference. But they'd know who that is. <laughs> yeah, they were like, okay, yeah, we know. Bev Nerd, Cabana Man Dan. 
Yeah, spoiler, folks. It's not even it's not even Dan actually. It's, it's but not Cabana Man Dan especially. But anyway, and then and I guess we'll we'll kayfabe. We won't say it. Neil Taylor's his real name, of course. Absolutely yeah. Not his last name. So. <laughs> so if you apply with his company, just put Neil Taylor, and uh, he'll hook you up. But um, you know, it, anyway, man, it's, it's great moment. having you on here. Go ahead. It's funny, more people know me as Taylor than they do my actual last name. <laughs> I get applications in all the time. It's got Neil Taylor wrote on them. We know it's funny. Like, we anyway. picked, like, somewhat normal-sounding names. So, like, in Mississippi, when that list would go around for the commission, it would have the wrestling name, then it would have the real name. And I had two or three people come up and go, oh, my God, I didn't know that wasn't you and Neil's real names. I just assumed, like, why would you make up Jackson and Taylor? I'm like, well, did you see what our real names were? I'm, <laughs> like, they can't oh, say mine, and Neil's would get some really mean chance. So. I had a, uh, I lived with somebody for eight months, and they thought my name was Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> was that by design? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, yeah, they interesting. Well, yeah, the interesting story. No, it wasn't made. It wasn't done by design. <laughs> Why does this male have this other name on it? Uh, the mailman's an idiot. But, but anyway, um, I want to. I want to tell Cabana Man Dan. I appreciate him staying up late with us on a on a Sunday night. And uh, it was great having you on here. And if there's any, and believe it or not, there are some promoters and and people who book shows who who actually listen to this podcast. So if any of them want to get in touch with Cabana Man Dan and, and bring you to their show, how would they go about getting in touch with you to do so? Well, I'm on uh, several forms of social media. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, all those have my phone numbers on there as well. Uh, feel free to contact me, call me, uh, send me a D- slide into my DM, if you will. Uh, <laughs> that, that works out good. Um you know, if you're interested in something coming up soon, you better better make it quick because my calendar's filling up. Uh, it's been very fortunate. Um, uh, you can, uh, yeah, I would just say that because I don't check my email very much. I usually just check my social media all the time. Well, there you go. So if you want to book Cabana Man Dan to wrestle, uh, if you want to book him to come sell kick-ass beef jerky, uh, they're a wonderful product. My wife is a big fan of the jerky every time he has to stand there. She goes and buys some. I'm not a I'm not a beef jerky guy. I mean, yeah, you find the one thing the fat guy doesn't eat, freaking beef jerky. But Rosie loves it, and she highly recommends it. So. You're not a big fan of the Rock and Roll Express? No, no, not after that whole fiasco we had at New South. It kind of kind of soured me on them a little bit, but but I was huge. I was a huge fan of them as a kid. Uh, you know, I, I really liked them then, and. And that's what happens in wrestling. You get a chance to meet some of your heroes, and, and sometimes they disappoint you. <clears throat> Jake Snake Roberts. But, uh, you know, he's a lot better now, <laughs> so we won't dwell on that. But, yeah, yeah I highly recommend uh, you look up Cabana Man Dan. Bring him to your show. Uh, I defy anybody not to smile and have a good time when Cabana Man Dan's in the ring. Uh, he's, he's a good guy. He's a great wrestler. And uh, it's always fun to watch him just chop the living shit out of people with flip-flops in the face, across their chest. One of my favorite matches, real quick, I know I've been trying to wrap this up for like 10 minutes, uh, but one of my favorite <laughs> matches with you was uh, against Chuck Taylor. I think that was part of the uh, 
the uh, Young Lions Cup, wasn't it? Absolutely. Or was that just sure. a random show? Okay, that's what oh, I thought. No. Uh, and then no relation to Neil Taylor, by the way. But uh, when I when I first got into indie wrestling, uh, my two favorites were Chuck Taylor and Sweet and Sour Larry Sweeney, and that is what brought me to the IWA Deep South DVDs because they were both on them. And then along the way, I discovered Cabana Man Dan and Jeremy Flint and so forth. Uh, but that's what brought me there, watching Chuck Taylor make little kids cry and scream like a little girl as Cabana Man Dan just beat him unmercifully with a flip-flop. And so, okay, this is an obvious question I overlooked, and somebody, Rosie at least, will get on to me if I don't ask this. What was the genesis okay. of the flip-flop shop? Like, at what point did you develop that? Was that back in the backyard days? or? <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. That actually, that actually came in the middle of the match. Uh, one time. So the backstory is I, I wrestled in uh, patent leather boots for years, and I was lacing my boots up at a show in Silicaga, and then all of a sudden my boot lace uh, snaps, and it's like the whole world heard my boot lace snap, and uh, Mad Dog Dan Sawyer said to me, why don't you just wrestle barefoot? And I was like, okay. So I started wrestling barefoot, and I, I don't even know the length of time. It could have been six months or a year later, I was in a battle royal for New School Action, I believe, in Fayetteville, and the role model, Brian Sterling, picked up my flip-flop out of the corner and was raising it up in the air to hit somebody, and then my eyes went up. I said, holy crap, this is money. So, naturally, I cut him off and take him from him before he, before he hit anybody, and then I started hitting everybody, and that's where the flip-flop chop was born. So, I owe, I owe Brian Sterling and um, – and, um, Scott Reznor a lot because they were there when it happened and I took it from one of them. I think it was Brian. I took it from him and started wailing on people and that's, that's where it happened. Just in the middle of a match. Never planned. Wow, that's cool. That's cool when, when things like that just naturally just happen like that and, and grow from there. So Yeah, that was that was definitely a question I intended to ask and I got lost in talking about everything else. I'm glad I went back and circled back to that because that's that's fun to hear that it wasn't just like something you developed sitting at home. Oh yes, I'll wear flip flops and I'll slap people with them and make a little cheer. So that's cool. Well, all right, yep. man, I'm gonna let you go. Like I say, I know you got an early start tomorrow. Thanks for doing the show. We'd love to have you on again sometime, and uh, we'll see you out there. If nothing else, I'll see you again on the 15th at New South Alpha Fight Two, right? Absolutely. Uh, you will see Cabana Man Dan tag teaming. It hasn't been announced yet, so if I get in trouble, I'm sorry. But the match is uh, Cabana Man Dan, Dump Sanders, Sugar D, and Kayla Lynn versus, I believe, uh, Baron Black, A.J. Gray, Prince Apollo, and uh, the lady in, in the group. I can't say her name. I'd probably mess it up. But uh, I the think chick. that's the match. That'll, that'll work. They know you're talking about. Well, cool. That'll, good Lord, that'll get over. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, that'd be the, the, the Pullet Club. The Pullet Club. There you go. Uh, I'll have to explain that to Neil later because it's probably not what he's thinking. So, all right. Well, good night, Cabana Man Dan. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on. Anytime, brother. Anytime. All right, Neil. I know you you haven't had the pleasure of, of meeting Cabana Man Dan in real life, but uh, one of the one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, and is one of those guys that. You're happy for him anytime you hear good things are happening because he deserves it just for being such a damn nice guy. Well, that's, that's 
that's awesome. You know, he he seems like a good guy, and uh, uh, definitely have to uh, become a little more educated on uh, Cabana Man. Yeah, well, he's another one that you can you can put in the Google machine, as they say, and and there's stuff out there for sure. So who knows? Maybe we can uh, maybe we can bring him over to Mississippi sometime and expose him to a, a whole new crowd and a, a whole new world of, of work over there that he's probably hasn't seen in a while. But, um, <laughs> you know, we've, <clears throat> I was thinking about this off the air and I didn't really have a chance to talk to you, but you know, we, we have since recently, uh, been offered a two or three different invitations for us to, to turn up at people's shows. So I'm thinking maybe this summer at some point, uh, we're going to have to do the, locals to legends wrestling road tour and uh, get together and go on the road and hit up some of these shows that we're getting invites to i think it would make for some fun podcast and probably some fun youtube videos along the way so what do you what do you think about that we try to make that happen yeah um, that would be a lot of fun you know it's 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 interesting i because you know last week we were talking about uh you know, go meeting up and going to that show last night that you were you did the commentary on. I don't think I've actually ever went. Well, I know I have, but it's been probably uh, ten years or longer since I went and sat through and watched an independent show that I haven't been on. Yeah, I know it's been a, a a long time. You know, you and I used to do that every once in a while, like me, you, and Chris, <laughs> and. I'll hang out, uh-huh. you know, Chris would get booked, and we wouldn't, and we'd sit in the crowd and heckle everybody or whatever. But, you know, it's been a long time since I've done that. I think that would uh, that would probably be a lot of fun. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, last last night I, I didn't originally know I was going to be doing the, the DVD commentary when I went. So, you know, if you if you had been able to come over here, uh, we might have been able to, to do commentary together on the, on the DVD there, but. Yeah, definitely to do that. It, it'll probably be a long way from us uh, heckling guys in a cotton gin over here in Holly Pond, which, you know, ironically, I live like 20 minutes from there now. Um, it's oh, literally really? 20 minutes down the road to Holly Pond where we where we sat in the crowd at the cotton gin. Well, we eventually ended up working there as well, but our first, which I can't believe we got to work there after the way we acted in the crowd. Cause, uh, <laughs> we did. We sat in the crowd knowing, these people knowing we came with Chris, and just heckled the shit out of them. My favorite, my all-time, hands-down favorite thing that anybody's ever yelled at a wrestling show, and I've been to a lot since as, as a fan, me and Rosie going to these Ring of Honor shows and, and all the smart marks that, that heckle people there. Uh, as we're sitting there, and these two guys lock up, and he backs the guy on the ropes. He pushes him against the ropes, and they sit there, and they sit there, and they sit there, and they sit there, and, they sit there, and you stand them all over, what are y'all doing? Taking a vote? <laughs> to, this day, to this day, that is one of the funniest things I've ever heard somebody yell at a wrestling show because it's such an asshole thing to say, especially coming from a guy who's a worker. <laughs> but, I mean, I, 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 I swear, that. I think there's times, I think there's times me and you had more fun in the crowd than we did actually wrote. I mean, because, you know, we went to, um, you know, we were working for Rodney in, in Corinth at the time, and, and Memphis Championship Wrestling was coming down doing shows um, in in the same building. And uh, Rodney's like, yeah, y'all should go to that show and heckle them. And we're like, don't tell us twice. So we go to the damn you know, Memphis Wrestling show, or Memphis Championship Wrestling show, 
and we're out there heckling freaking, you know, Ron Killings and uh, Todd Morton and and uh, what was the guy? Oh, shit, what's the guy? The ball headed <laughs> guy's name. Yeah, well, yeah, you were hard, Stephen Regal, heckling about the whole Goldberg thing, and he didn't take too kindly to that. But I mean, we had so much fun doing that, and God knows what that you know we had earned our reputation. Even I mean, we didn't realize it at the time uh, by going and, and doing that kind of shit. But God, it was a lot of fun. And then and then we end up, you know, that's how we end up going into IWF. We show up at like a couple of shows, just heckling folks in the crowd, and finally we come out of the crowd, which I thought was just hilarious yeah. because you know we had done that so much, we were kind of known for it, and then we come into the show doing that, but. God dang, we've had some fun over the years, no doubt about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that always I always remember that is uh, what are you doing taking a vote? And then I guess second, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you ever seen that guy on Ring of Honor named Matt Taven, but uh, the guy looks the guy looks just like Pauly Shore. And uh, at the one TV taping we went to in Nashville, like Matt Taven's just jobbing this guy out. This guy stands up and he goes. Holy shit, Polly Shore's putting on a clinic. And I thought that was pretty funny, <laughs> but <laughs> But anyway, uh before we get too far off track, um this year I mean this year, Jesus. This week, uh we decided <laughs> to do something a little different. Every week we do uh the bad promo of the week and Neil sent me one today and uh instead of doing a bad promo uh, this one's more of a, kind of a blooper, <laughs> some bloopers with a guy that we both have a whole whole lot of respect for, Mr. Lance Russell. He had his uh, birthday yesterday. How old did he turn, Neil? 91 yesterday. 91 years old. That is amazing. I, you know, I, I sometimes question if I'll see 51 years old. I uh, can't imagine 91, but, you know, Lance is still getting around, man. He's going to conventions. He's going to shows. He's still extremely lucid and, and shares memories of, of Memphis wrestling and tells stories like, like it happened yesterday. And, uh, God, we could all only hope uh, to to be in the shape that Lance is in at, at his age. But uh, here's, here's him trying to uh, do a promo with uh, one of the fabulous kangaroos, Al Costello, in Memphis back in the day. So check this out. 23rd, right there in Evansville, is going to bring on one of the really big, big nights of action coming up in Evansville. And we want to tell you about it, a special concert that will have Jimmy Hart and the Gentries of the uh, Hold It Out. We'll be around the minute. Jimmy Hart and the Gentries with a uh, special... I knew when my car wouldn't start tonight, I should have stayed home. Uh, Turkey Day and uh, Al Costello, the manager of Hickerson and Condry. Some comments about this match with us. Mate, can I ask you a question first of all? Go right ahead. You know the definition of a windjammer? No, I really don't. It's the agonizing screams of a trapped turd. Shit! 
basically that one's the guy's ribbing Lance Russell there a bit um, back in the day. Uh, goodness, I can only imagine how many hours of that kind of stuff they've got somewhere in the vaults of uh, no all the Memphis footage. There's no telling, but yeah, um, I was on the show with Lance last year, and uh, yeah, I mean he still uh, still gets around really well. I mean he still recollects everything, and I mean you know he's he's in you know he's in really good shape for his age and uh, super nice. I know he's recently uh, uh, joined Twitter. Uh, he's actually pretty active on Twitter. He's at Memphis Lance. Um, I actually sent it, uh, tagged him in a tweet yesterday, wished him happy birthday. He replied to me and thanked me for his, for the tweet of the well wishes. So, awesome. Um, just one of the this super nice guy. Yeah, and, and on top of that, today uh, uh, Dave Brown liked the tweet. So I, I, I got I guess I, I oh, popped wow. a little bit for that. Something as simple as that. But uh, hell yeah, yeah Lance, Lance and is, Dave, uh, you can't beat that. Yeah, yeah. But uh yeah, Lance is a class act. He was super nice the night I was uh the night I met him and uh it's pretty funny. I have a uh, I got a picture took with him in the dressing room and if you look close enough, uh, uh Bill Dundee and Tracy Smothers are in the background, so it's kinda of funny but um <laughs> but yeah, he was a super nice guy and uh it was neat to uh to be in a dressing room and hear him and uh hear uh jerry tell and and bill too you know talk about memphis wrestling and and tell stories you know they they just kind of met up in a common room just for a couple of seconds and threw a story out there and it was i don't know it was pretty cool to sit there and listen to that is man like those those are the moments that are to me um that I'll always remember when all this is said and done, you know, the, the times that I got to be around people, uh, whether I wrestle them or not or whatever, just the times I got to be around people that meant so much to me growing up and, you know, such a large part of my you know, childhood and my wrestling fandom, uh, getting to be around them and, and seeing who they are as people and getting to hear some of those stories, you know, straight from them uh, is, is really cool. And like I say, Lance Russell, you know, he's, a super nice guy. I, I've only met him once a long time ago, but, you know, I've, I know I've probably mentioned it on here, one of the incarnations of the podcast that, you know, when I was working on the, the Eddie Gilbert book that unfortunately had to be buried, uh, Lance was somebody who helped and gave me a lot of stories. And that's, and that's one of the things that just really chaps me about not being able to release that is because, you know, guys like Lance Russell spend a lot of time, uh, giving me those stories and, and a lot of great insight that others aren't going to necessarily have access to. And, uh, you know, he had no reason to have to do that. He didn't know me. He didn't know, you know, anything about me, but he, he thought a lot of Eddie Gilbert and wanted to, to share those stories. And, and there's some good ones there. So, but anyway, uh, happy birthday to him. And that's cool that he, that he, you know, tweeted you back and that Dave Brown liked it. Cause you know, every Saturday morning, uh, for as long as I can remember, I, I got up and and watched those two guys on Memphis wrestling. So they'll they'll always be a special place in my heart for for Lance and Dave. That's for sure. Absolutely. Well, next week <laughs> uh, we are going to to tackle a, a popular topic. We are going to sit and discuss the upcoming WrestleMania. Um, kind of run through the card, run through where, 
you know, where we've, where we've come from and, and where we're going, it seems, uh, with the WrestleMania card, kind of give our thoughts and, and predictions for what it's worth. And I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about a few other things along the way and hit a few other topics, but that'll be the main show. It'll be the Locals to Legends Wrestling Radio WrestleMania preview. And uh, I'll talk about some theories that'll probably make our friend uh, Jax's head explode, and he'll, he'll probably break whatever he's listening to the podcast on. So, fair warning, Jax, if, <laughs> if you're going to listen to it, listen to it on <laughs> listen to it on something that has a really good case and, and a really uh, <laughs> strong screen, so you don't break it. And then uh, I think we're going to. I think you know. I'm proud of us, man. We started this Christmas night, and we haven't missed we haven't missed a weekend since. The only Sunday we missed was Royal Rumble. We did one on Monday night uh, because you guys right. get together, and it's kind of hard to record a show the night of the big pay per views. Uh, but we we have consistently done this every single Sunday and the one Monday since December, and we're now at the 20, 19th of March. So I'm proud of that because Lord knows, you know. That, my podcast history, I'm consistently inconsistent. So for us to do this week in and week <laughs> out, um, I'm very, I'm very proud of us. So uh, we're, we are probably going to go ahead and skip WrestleMania night because, you know, same situation we just talked about. And we pondered doing it on Monday, but I, I think we're just going to just take that weekend off. And then uh, moving forward, uh, we'll be with you either live every Sunday night or we will have something else pre-recorded uh to put it in its place because i kind of had it in the back of my mind uh that we would we'd sit down and record a podcast this weekend uh to, to play on wrestlemania night and then you had the car trouble and then i was going to record something new south but it's too loud in the dressing room to try to talk one-on-one with somebody when there's 25 other people in there going over matches and all that so just didn't work out so anyway just going to kind of give everybody a heads up. That's what we got planned the next couple of weeks. And then after that, we'll, we'll get some more people in here, do some more interviews and, and keep uh, doing what you're, what you're used to. And, uh, we've got some, uh, we got some other exciting stuff we'll talk about. We can't talk about tonight, but we'll, we'll probably get into it, uh, next Sunday night that I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to talking about. It's going to be a lot of fun. So again, we can't go into that tonight, but look forward to that next week. A big announcement. I love when everybody pushes big announcements. So next, Next Sunday night, there'll be a big <laughs> announcement right here on Locals of Legends Wrestling Radio that hopefully everybody will be as excited about as me and Neil are. So, anything else? Uh, any, any other topics you want to cover? We've got about seven minutes here before we're out of time. Well, I don't know. I've, I've, uh, have you heard anything recently on Paige? At all, <laughs> like anything. I don't know what she's up to. Uh, I, I haven't really seen much. Well, seen much of her. Well, that's a lie. But, well, we you know what. I she's think down everybody's to. seen a lot of her. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody's seen a whole lot of her these last few days. Good lord. Well, um, you know, I don't. Without going into all that and describing what was posted and all that kind of stuff, you know, and it's it's like. You know, you were talking to Commander Man Dan while ago. If you're going to do that kind of stuff, put it somewhere where somebody can't get to it. I mean, or don't even do it. You know, I read something that that, that I read something, some article that said they thought that that stuff was filmed around the time that all those guys were in NXT together, and, which uh, may or may not be true. Who knows? But 
Well, there's a couple of there's I, a couple of factors in there that that point towards that. One glaring one for sure. Um, you know the 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 fact that the NXT belt got involved. Uh, you know, <laughs> lead you to believe that's when they were all in NXT. You know, right? You know, Brad Maddox. Brad Maddox really likes the the NXT belt. He said it's the nicest one he's ever came across. So, wow. Oh uh, yeah. Well, you know. Uh, he he definitely got a good look at it, but uh, and yeah, up close. too. But anyway, yeah, up close <laughs> and personal. But uh, you know, I, I I'm I'm real interested, and we were talking a little bit about this before we went on the air. What the fallout from this is going to be, and how WWE is going to treat this, because you know, Paige for the most part hasn't been on television, and you know, probably six, seven, eight months, I think, because she's been out with an injury or something, and but you know. Xavier Woods is set to host WrestleMania, so you kind of you kind of wonder what the fallout's going to be and how they're going to react. I've been waiting to see some kind of notification come across on my cell phone or something, some kind of statement or whatever. But you know they haven't said anything, and uh, you know they didn't about Seth Rollins' deal either. So I, I don't know. I'm kind of wondering what's going to happen with this because. Of course, Seth of, Rollins wasn't out there pouring uh, cereal in kids' mouths while they were wearing a unicorn horn in their their T-shirt. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't exactly marketed as much to the kids as New Day is. So I don't know. Oh, uh, Titus O'Neil may finally get that spot. New Day has been looking for for twelve weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're and, in, buddy. Uh, I just <laughs> well, there was a hot tag in there. Well. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> I oh, swear that Lord. was that anyway. was absolutely coincidental. I promise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've um, have you seen this? And I was just skimming through this. Have you seen this article about? Uh, I guess on the same topic, sort of. But Marty Janetti been offering to do porn. <laughs> he. Um, yeah, I, I'm evidently dumbfounded by that. <laughs> For uh, oh, for anybody, I guess that's listening to this that hasn't heard this, um, evidently Marty Janetti went to his Facebook and, and made a Facebook post, and, uh, and basically it says uh, it says to all my ninjas, I want y'all's advice. I got a call, a hundred and fifty thousand dollars for three movies, porno movies. Can't say the name, but they're a big company. Um, I think my bro Snoop had something to do with this. Check this, though. I'd get to tear up some beautiful bitches, but as my brother said, my family could see that. My thought is, why was my family watching porno going to judge me? <laughs> what do y'all think on that? So That is a hell of a point he just made. Well, yeah, but at this exactly. point, nobody will even pay that guy to wrestle. Somebody's going to pay to watch him have sex. I mean, honestly, that's disturbing. Uh, I don't think I don't think there's any questions to be asked here. I, I have a feeling he's probably going to do that. <laughs> oh yeah, I just I, I think he's going to find out afterwards. The numbers may not be exactly what he thought they were, but uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so we're down to two minutes. Uh, I guess we need to wrap it up. If if you uh, if you want to go know you know know where to see us, listen to one of the other episodes. We don't have time to do the plugs, but you know you can check out www.localstolegends.com. Every link to everything remotely involving Neil Taylor and Gene Jackson is at the bottom of that page. So go to localslegends.com if you want to tweet us, if you want to Facebook us, if you want to go to our 
anything involving us, it's there. So that's it for this week. Tune in next week for the big announcement. And uh, listen to us talk about WrestleMania and talk about how Roman Reigns is going to job the Undertaker out, Jax. Retirement this year for the Undertaker. I'm sorry. It's just the way it goes. And to close the show, this one is especially – I come across this other night, and I'm going to play this right now. I don't know if Chris Kilgore has a computer, if Chris Kilgore is ever on the Internet, if Chris Kilgore even knows what a podcast is. But, Chris, my friend, if you're out there, if you're listening, this one is especially for you. Me and Neil love you. We miss you. Make your 15th comeback soon so we can see you, buddy. Here you go. We'll see you next week. Localsofthelegends.com.